No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we look at Psalm 45, a messianic psalm celebrating the strength, glory, righteousness, and beauty of the king and the beauty, glory, and honor of his bride. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Psalms on Simply the Bible. In Psalm 45, the author is captivated with a good and noble theme. There can be no better theme than the king who rules forever in righteousness. The title is To the Chief Musician Set to Contemplation of the Sons of Korah, A Song of Love. Now, this is a love song, but it's a love song unlike any other, for it's a song for the eternal king, the son of David, who will reign in righteousness forever. Verse 1, my heart is overflowing with a good theme. I recite my composition concerning the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. You are fairer than the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips, therefore God has blessed you forever. Now, he begins by saying that his heart is overflowing with a good theme. Often our hearts are overflowing. They might be stirred, they may even be heated up, but not over a noble theme. Often it's over bad themes, things that anger or frustrate us. And there never seems to be a lack of verbiage over stuff like that. But here, the psalmist's heart is warm and overflowing with a good theme. He has created a composition for the king. King is capitalized in the New King James Version to show that the translators interpret this as referring to Christ. There's no better theme than Jesus Christ. And it's a pity he's not the meditation of our hearts and the topic of our conversation more often. Now, it says that you are fairer than the sons of men. And indeed, who can compare to him for his goodness, his righteousness is above all. Grace is poured upon your lips. We are told in the New Testament that when Jesus spoke, gracious words came from his lips. Therefore, God has blessed you forever. We see just the blessing of God upon his son. Of course, when Jesus began his ministry, the, the voice spoke from heaven saying that you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That happened again on the Mount of Transfiguration. The, the father had blessed his son in everything. Verse three, gird your sword upon your thigh. O mighty one, with your glory and your majesty, and in your majesty ride prosperously because of truth, humility, and righteousness. And your right hand shall teach you awesome things. Your arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies. The people fall under you. And so here the psalmist is magnifying the strength of the Lord. As he fights the battles of the Lord, he's a warrior, and there's no warrior 
like Christ. Now, of course, we did not see that when he came the first time. He came as the suffering servant to die on the cross for our sins. But when he returns again, he shall come to exercise the vengeance of Almighty God against the enemies of God. And this is picturing his role as that mighty warrior. Of course, we are told about this in Revelation 19, uh, verse 11, where John the Apostle actually saw it happening as though you know he was taken into the future to see it happen. I'm going to read that because it, it just shows you how this will be fulfilled. Now I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war. Notice his attributes, faithfulness, truth, humility, righteousness. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes the sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. That's figurative for the word of God. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so this psalm is picturing Christ coming again in righteousness to execute God's judgment. Verse 6, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Now look at this. It is referring to him, the king, as God. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. And then it also says, therefore, God, you're God. So it's speaking here of the father saying to his son that you are God. It's amazing. It's a, it's a proof, an Old Testament proof of the deity of Christ. And in Hebrews 1.8, the author of Hebrews quotes this to show that Christ is is superior to the angels because to no angel did God ever say your throne, O God, you see, but he does say that to his son. Now he has a scepter of righteousness. Just so you know, there's no earthly ruler who has a scepter of total righteousness because we're all sinners and there's no perfect ruler. But when Christ returns, he shall reign in righteousness because he loves righteousness and hates wickedness. And finally, the oil of gladness is upon him. He's been anointed with it more than his companions. This oil of gladness he has at his marriage to his bride. Now, I don't know about you, but I certainly had gladness on my wedding day as I saw my wife coming down the aisle. That is speaking of this a joy unspeakable, indescribable joy that he has on his wedding day to his bride. Verse 8, All your garments are scented with myrrh and aloes and cassia out of the ivory palaces by which they have made you glad. This is the beautiful fragrance 
of Christ. Now, in 2 Corinthians 2.15, the Apostle Paul talks to the church saying, for we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. So this beautiful fragrance of Christ is really what we as a church ought to be to both believers and unbelievers. And what do we smell like? You know, I think sometimes we can be sort of a stench, uh, but we really ought to be seeking to be that beautiful fragrance of Christ so that people are attracted to Christ by what they see in us, by what they hear in us. And uh, what kind of a fragrance really are we? Are we drawing people to Christ or are we repelling them away from Christ? Verse 9, King's daughters are among your honorable women. At your right hand stands the queen in gold from Ophir. Listen, O daughter, consider and incline your ear, forget your own people also and your father's house. So the king will greatly desire your beauty because he is your Lord. Worship him. So first off, king's daughters. This speaks of the virgin bridesmaids that are accompanying the bride. But then here's the bride that sits the queen who's, who's dressed in gold and sits at the king's right hand. And it says, now forget your own people and your father's house. Don't remember where you came from. Now, this is important for us as the church because we realize that Christ has called us out of this world. And because of that, we're not to think about the world that we left, but we're to think about the king that we have and the place he's taking us to. And our every touch with this world should be as light as possible. We don't want to be entangled by it. We want to remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. She looked back and turned to a pillar of salt. And, and Christ actually warns us that when he's coming again, to remember that. Don't look back. Don't be caught up in this world. Forget about it because... What you have coming is so much greater. It says that the king greatly desires your beauty. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but I, I don't always feel so beautiful. But, you know, here's the deal. Christ has cleansed our sins with his blood. He's given us the white raiment of his righteousness. And he continues to wash us with the washing with water of the word. And so to him... We are a bride without spot or wrinkle. He will present us to himself on that day, a beautiful bride, and he will greatly desire our beauty. Because he's your Lord, worship him. Now, this obviously could not be speaking of any uh, woman to just a, a human husband because we're not to worship any person, but clearly he is our Lord. He's our king. He's our God. So we worship him. Then it says that the daughter of Tyre will come with a gift. The rich among the people will seek your favor. Tyre was a Gentile nation, and it speaks of the Gentile nations that will bring gifts to the Lord during the millennial kingdom. All of the nations of the earth will do that. The royal daughter is all glorious within the palace. Her clothing is woven with gold. She shall be brought to the king in robes of many colors. Uh, 
The virgins, her companions who follow her, shall be brought to you. With gladness and rejoicing they shall be brought. They shall enter the king's palace. This beautiful time of the marriage supper of the Lamb that we're told about in Revelation. And we ought to be thinking, I think, more about this. I think we probably don't think enough about our future and what that's going to be like. And you think about where Jesus said that I go to prepare a place for you And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you. And in the Jewish weddings, of course, the bridegroom would come to the house of the bride and take her and then bring her back to his own home. You think about the fact that Jesus took six days to create the heavens and the earth. He's been working on a place, preparing it for us for the last 2,000 years. It's going to be amazing, and we ought to be looking forward to that glorious wedding day. Finally, it says, Instead of your fathers shall be your sons, whom you shall make princes in all the earth. I will make your name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore, the people shall praise you forever and ever. This is the father speaking to his son, saying that his sons shall be princes in the earth. And of course, we know that we shall be reigning with Christ. It's a beautiful song of the glory of the king, but also of his bride. For the Bible says that if we will suffer with him in this life, then we will be glorified together with him on that glorious day. Look forward to it and put your hope there. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Next time, we'll see where Psalm 46 encourages us to make God our refuge and strength. We can be still, knowing that He is God. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible.